The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome, everybody. Another episode of Eat Sleep List, the show about not eating, not sleeping, but, but making lists. My name is Matt Johnson, your host, and we are rocking and rolling in season two. This is our second episode, uh, and today I'm excited to be joined by my little brother. All what right. Up? What's up? Uh, that's my little brother, Mark Angelo. Uh, he has been contributing on one of my other shows, The Two Point Conversation, a little bit here and there, and uh, I've been wanting to make a list with him because obviously we're brothers and uh, a lot of shared, at least what I think are shared interests, but we might be a little different in some instances. But for the most part, I think we're the same people, uh, the same person, uh, just just uh, just a little eight-year difference. So, um, so Mark Angelo, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, very tired. So I didn't tell you this before you came on the show, but uh, one of the things that you have to do is tell us five cool facts about yourself. Oh, gosh. Uh, you have a mini list to make, so surprise. Oh. <laughs> can I think of anything cool about myself? Uh, I'm, sure, I'm, sure you can make, uh, I'm sure you've done cool stuff. <laughs> I'm sure you've done cool stuff. Uh, it doesn't have to be cool. It just be anything about you. Just five facts about yourself. So uh, right. your job, your girlfriend, anything, anything. Your interests. Uh, I like. I'm a big uh, car enthusiast. I like uh, superheroes, sports. Um, data trick Canada. Let's see what else. What's her name? She's not just a chick. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm sure. <laughs> no, her name's Shyla. All right. Um. And I uh, I work at a, a nice mineral plant. <laughs> That's fun. Is that it? Is that five? That th- yeah, it's about. Car. Shyla. Superheroes and sports. Superheroes and sports. And job. Yep. Okay. So is right. that pretty well? That'll do. Yeah. That'll do. It's a little that's a little <laughs> less detail than other people would give, but that's yeah. okay. That's yeah. completely okay. Well it's off the top of my head. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I didn't I didn't give you any warning. So <laughs> that's fair. So all right. So what we are going to do today is uh we're gonna make a I can't even call them a superhero movie list. It's gonna be I think a comic. We're gonna go comic book movies. Comic book movie list. So in general, there's a lot of comic book movies. Superhero is such a I don't know. It's like an unprofessional term for a comic book movie. So we're gonna pick our we're gonna make a list of our top ten favorite comic book movies. There are so many there are a ton of comic book movies out there. Um, and everybody, like I said, everybody has their, their respective and, and different interests. Uh, I'll ask you this, Mark Angelo. What to you makes a ver- what makes what to you makes a, a good comic book movie? Um, whew, that's a good question. Um, really, just really good storytelling. Lots of lots of Easter eggs, and of course, keeping the the serious factor out of it, you know, kind of add some hu- humanization jokes, you know, here and there. I gotcha. A lot of those, a lot of the, the like the conversation we we're having earlier, um, the DC movies, they, they, they tend to take things too seriously. If my personal take on that. That's fair. Oh, that's a good point. There's gotta be a good balance of fun action. Yeah. Storytelling. Uh, Marvel's done a lot better job of it. Well, 
the MCU has done a lot better job of it than than others. But um, but yeah, there there's something special to be said about um, a lot of these films. So I'm really excited to get into this. Let us let's get going. Let's turn on our copyright free, commercial free, uh, copyright free, royalty free. Man, it's been a long time since I said this. <laughs> copyright free, royalty free radio, so we get don't get sued. There we go. Mark Angelo, what what and why um, is your number 10 favorite comic book movie? Starting from number 10, um, I'm going to have to go with the very first Iron Man. Very first Iron Man. Okay. That's the one that wasn't, I believe Hulk was before that one, wasn't it? Or No, it was Iron Man. Well, it was, it okay. did, it was the, uh, the old Hulk. Yeah. There's the, the Eric Bana Hulk. Okay. But it was Iron Man, then Ed Norton Hulk, and then Iron Man 2? Yeah. Wait, no. Let me, now I'm confused. Oh. Let me double check. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, while you're checking, yeah, ex- I'll... Explain, uh, explain why you like it so much. It was really just the first one that, that started off the MCU, and I, I, Robert Downey Jr., to my belief, is pretty much Tony Stark, the way he acts in interviews, and he's just... He's, he's great. He is, he is that character. He knows that character... Like you know, like he knows himself. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean you're right. You're uh, you're right. I never thought like I never thought we were going to get to see Iron Man ever be in a movie. Um, never thought I'd get to see him in in a movie. Like it's 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 pretty crazy even still in hindsight to be like oh, especially like you've seen some of the the films that we got to watch, right? The Fantastic Four, Ghost Rider, like they would never make an Iron Man movie. Yeah, and they did. And they kicked off a whole big old universe. Um, I was correct. It was Iron Man first, then Ed Norton Hulk, and then Iron Man 2 uh, mm. in that order. But um, Iron Man was the big one. If that didn't work, we wouldn't have an MCU to this day, which is pretty uh, pretty crazy to think. So, Very scary. Yeah. I, I, couldn't Im- I can't imagine <laughs> uh, a world of... Not good comic book movies. <laughs> it's very, very depressing. The 90s and 80s movies. The yeah. early TV shows. Oh, God. I couldn't. <laughs> Didn't I, they make an Iron Man costume and he was wearing like a tin can or something? Yeah, that was the that was the old 70s or 80s, I think. That's yeah. like Lou Frigno Hulk era. Yeah. Um, right. My number 10, I'm going to start off with a DC film. It actually just came out last year and is definitely, probably the most anti... Mm, it's definitely the anti-superhero movie. It's a comic book film, uh, and it was starring uh, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker. Uh, I loved this this movie. Uh, it brought to light a lot of a lot of I think issues in modern society. It's pretty deep. It wasn't action heavy. It was very story driven, um, but a very good story. A little confusion as to what the ending was, but I, if it's a standalone film, I think they want to do a sequel with it. Uh, if it's a standalone film, I think it, it does okay. I, mean, I don't think I can't see this jo- version of Joker going toe to toe with any Batman. I think it's just it's very very peculiar um, how it was, but I think that's played to advantage, right? It you left theaters and it made you think, made me think hard. I was like, oh, was it all that real? Was it just an imagination? Like, I think maybe you should hit up the kid you bullied in high school, or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting, man. It was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was definitely an interesting perspective on how, like, because like I watched that movie, and what what comic book films do really well now is they're very good at making the villains sympathetic. 
right? Uh, you almost feel bad for them. Throughout that entire movie, you felt bad for the Joker until he pulled the trigger, right? Until he finally started being the Joker. You felt bad for him and his upbringing and, and all that. Like, it, it was honestly, it was, it's, people don't see how close to real life that is. Like, it's scary. Oh, yeah. It's scary. People, you know, there's really good people that get tra- walked over and trampled all the time. It had a lot of deeper meaning to it. And then, you know, his character just finally broke and uh, and let loose. And, and that was what transpired. So uh, nobody will see it that way. Not a lot of people will see it that way as, a, as you know, to, to just treat people better. Um, but uh, unfortunately, that's the way society is. And it was a, it's a very realistic perspective of of our society today the joker was so that's my number 10 i like it what's your number nine number nine i have both of the deadpool movies yeah combining them yep combining them a little split okay just because how true it was to the comics you know deadpool talking with a person fourth wall fourth wall breaking the fourth wall yep and just <laughs> oh, big CGI fight coming up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just that's gold. And Ryan Reynolds is freaking hysterical. Yeah, he's absolutely great. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love I love those two movies. Yeah, those they didn't make my list. They're honorable mentions. Yeah, this list was very very hard to make. Very, <laughs> but I could definitely see why. I mean, they were funny. Like I think I went. I, I know the first one came around around Valentine's Day in like 2014. And the last one came out of my birthday a couple years ago, and like these are films that like we you never thought anybody would ever get to, like we never thought we'd get to make them yeah. or get to see them. And and when Disney bought Fox, you didn't think they were gonna get it, but apparently it's supposed to go through. Like it's it's exciting stuff. It's honestly really exciting stuff. I I think Deadpool's great. Um, I just hate how everybody dresses up as him now for like Halloween and stuff. Oh yeah. Like, to each their own, it's cool. Like, I'm glad you guys have a comic book character you identify as with who's a smart ass and, <laughs> and, and, and just vulgar. And, and again, just like, the, just like the Joker movie, it was the anti-superhero movie. Oh, yeah. It was the, it was the anti-superhero movie, in the, but it was, a, it was still a, a superhero movie in a way. It was very, very funny. Very, very funny. I, th- I thought that was probably the... My thing with the Deadpool movies, Fox did better justice to the X-Men with those movies than they ever did with the actual X-Men movies. Absolutely. They're, they're just about on par with MCU, I'd say. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, all right. Very good. Number nine. I'm still, I'm still not even 100% sure about this <laughs> one. What, what I was making this list, I, I was just thinking of movies where, all right, I'm sitting at home on a Saturday night, Saturday night and like, okay, what, what do I want to watch off the top of my head? That's, yeah. that's kind of what I, you know. Yeah. There's a lot. It's there's so many. There's a lot more now than there ever there was when I was growing up. Uh, I don't even know if I want to make this my number nine. That's how tr- it's how like <laughs> indifferent I am. Ah, screw it. We're here. Uh, I'm gonna go Thor Ragnarok at my number nine. Ooh, Thor Ragnarok. I didn't hate the first two Thor movies. I didn't hate them. Uh, I didn't love them. I didn't hate him. Uh, when I seen Thor Ragnarok, I could not believe uh, what th- this total change in, in Thor. Uh, they finally hit their stride with the Thor character, right? Like, I don't know. I never, like, me and, like, our dad, like, we, we never, 
like it was hard for us to get into Thor because like the comic books, because the language, and they kind of brought it, and it just wasn't fun. Like there was funny moments, but it just wasn't a fun film. The first two, Thor Ragnarok though was fun from top to bottom. They brought that Taika Waititi brought the brought all the humor that you know all the other MCU films had kind of been bringing to the table. Um, you know, it's like it's God, it's it's gods and, and, and just various things, and he made it so so like very very enjoyable like this movie has gotten replayed so many times over the last couple years um you know since you know television could do it it's like almost always on tv every time a superhero movie is about to come out and i watch it i can sit there and watch it you know the 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 dialogue between thor and, and and loki is is humorous and you got hulk who can talk now and it's hilarious talk like a uh, baby i love it yeah grandmaster <laughs> jeff goldblum is grandmaster hey man i'm cool yeah. this is me <laughs> yeah yeah, Cork and Meek. Like, they're, they're awesome. They're so much fun. And uh, it was a great film. It was the perfect balance of, of comedy, story, action, dialogue. Like, everything just worked. And it worked very well. And I'm glad. Because, you know what? After seeing that movie, I was like, oh, man, I hope this isn't the last Thor movie. And now they're doing Thor, Thor 4, um, which I don't think was in the plans originally. Now that they're doing this, like, I seen that movie and I was like, I want a whole other Thor trilogy. Like, I don't want him to go away. Yeah, and especially with this this new new Thor that they came out. You know what I mean? The like I said before, the new the humanized version. You know? Yeah, he's got the character to him. He does. He does. He's he's not just he's not just this. I don't know. He, he, yeah, he was a god, but he didn't really have it. He wasn't really special to me. Like yeah. Thor wasn't. So now I take him a lot more seriously. Thor Ragnarok. Thor is probably my favorite. Well. Infinity War version is, is as well, but Thor Ragnarok, Thor was probably my favorite version of uh, Chris. Well, it was my probably my favorite Chris Hemsworth portrayal. So. Absolutely. What is your? Uh, we're going on to number eight now. Well, this is a very tough decision. <laughs> uh, for, uh, as it, as it gets slimmer and slimmer, it gets tougher and tougher. Yeah. But I I like I didn't mind the first Thor movie. I, I didn't mind it. But the all. first Thor, okay. Yeah. Um, first one it, it is really. True to its comics, you know, with the the language and all that and whatnot, and the story was absolutely it was probably the most almost most perfect <laughs> story of all the superhero movies. You got Thor, who's at the beginning of the movie very clumsy, and then there's Loki, who's always quiet, wondering how to get Odin to like him, and then decides practically switch. Thor's the more more laid back and you know the smarter one and Loki's like well Odin why didn't you like me you know I'm doing what Thor was doing all yeah the I never thought of it that way before that's really good that's nice. actually a really really good point that they flip flop like I always looked at Thor's growth in that movie but I never really thought about this, the switch like Loki becoming what you know reckless as Thor was that's a very interesting perspective I like that you brought that up yeah, I remember. I think we seen it for my birthday when it came out. I think it came out in 2010. Most of them do come around to your birthday. <laughs> they do. May's a popular month uh, for it. Let's see, the first Thor, May 6, 2011. So, yeah. Oh, 2011. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That was a long time ago. That was 12. <laughs> I think. No, was, yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> no, almost. You're almost 12. Yeah. Um, and I was 20. That's the year I turned 20. So, wow. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was. It was it was pretty cool to see. Thor was another one you never thought you were gonna see, and uh, like I said, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. But I, I respect that. It, you know, when you put it the way you said it, I think that uh, it makes for a pretty cool movie. Yeah. It really does. All right, uh, I'm gonna go really really old school. 
for this one. All right. Uh, growing up, I didn't have access to a whole lot of superhero movies. I didn't. It took me till I was practically an adult, till uh, the superhero movie, superhero comic book movie, uh, boom really hit. But there was one that used to come on TV all the time, and and, and Dad used to like he used to sit down and watch it with us because it was kind of, this was kind of like his movie growing up too. Um, I'm talking about Batman '66. Batman 1966. Oh, the convertible Batmobile? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we got Adam West, Burt Ward. Uh, Beer belly and- Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adam West is Batman. Burt Ward is Robin. <laughs> Lee Merriweather as uh, Catwoman. Cesar Romero as the Joker. Uh, Burgess Meredith as the Riddler. And I love, I, I love the Riddler. Um, probably one of my favorite favorite probably my favorite batman villains honestly right i gotta double check no i was wrong he played the penguin what a jerk (laughs) frank gorshin as the riddler my apologies i can't believe i goofed it up frank gorshin was a riddler uh burgess meredith was the uh was the penguin uh you know growing up if you grew up in in that time period they were uh you know, Batman comic books were goofy, zany, over the top. The costumes were ridiculous, and they, you know, they I, they brought those comic books to life at that point in time. That's about all they had back back in the day, too, huh? Yeah, it was a little while before the superhero man movies came out, but there was a there was TV movies like there was a Doctor Strange TV movie from back in that time period. Oh. Um, there might have been a Superman movie. There's there's a, actually an older Batman movie than this, too. Uh, came out in the 30s or 40s. There's an old Captain America movie that came out in the 30s or 40s. But this was the first big one. Um, this is the first big movie that ever really came out. It had a $1.5 million budget. I'm just looking at I've never looked at the box office figures before. Um, $1.5 million budget and made $3.9 million in like, rentals. So... Um, it was cool because like the, these cartoon, these comic book characters were brought to life perfectly, um, looking the, the the way exact way that they did in the comic books. And that had never been done before. No, they, which they is, did a good job with it. They did a very very good job. With it. I love the Batmobile. That thing's a classic. That Corvette is awesome. I love it when you go to com- comic cons and stuff, and it shows up. Um, it's a car enthusiast car, pretty much. It certainly is. Yeah. They, they definitely they bring it around. And it's yeah, it's cool. It's casual, and the movie's just fun. The movie's honestly just it's 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 just a lot of fun and it brings you know it has all the the pow and stuff like it it was a movie for you know the TV series based on the old TV series but makes you want to pour, pour a bowl of cereal and watch the movie the entire day it does <laughs> it does I I don't even know I I kind of want to get this a DVD <laughs> I haven't watched it in a long time but we used to watch it uh, Dad used to we used to watch it on AMC AMC used to play it all the time oh yeah. And we sit down. It was like a Friday, Saturday night, or whatever. Mom was working at Rapids, and, and we'd sit and watch uh, the Batman '66. So that is my uh, that's my number eight. What's your number seven? Number seven. Uh, I'm gonna do Captain America: The First Avenger. Okay. I the reason so I, I'm I'm obsessed with World War Two, all all the history. I'm obsessed with it, and Captain America being there just. You know, back in the day, America's weapon, I guess you can call them. You know, just cool time, cool times, bad time period. But, you know, it's cool to see how they transitioned from him from the 40s all the way up to 
or 2012, I think it came out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the second cap, oh, the, it ended, I, well, the movie came out in 2011. That was, yeah, that was right around that time period that they, they expected it to be, um, you know, when Cap got on Froze, but it was really cool to kind of see that man out of time thing. Uh, I know Cap, I don't think Captain America was the first, like, in comic books to do it, but, like, I look at that movie, and I look, go look at, like, Wonder Woman, and I'm not trying to dismiss Wonder Woman at all, because no. I think it's a pretty good movie. Um, I hold them both kind of in similar, but, like, the characters are just more memorable for Captain America. Absolutely, yeah. Um, at least from the villain perspective. Like, at Red Skull, was to see that was awesome. Yeah, very, yeah. And, like, Wonder Woman, it was just very... Very, I, I didn't care. It was yeah. The villain was bland. Like yeah. I didn't care for him at all. I don't even remember his name. I honestly <laughs> don't either. He was, uh, you know, but it was just, yeah, it was, it was, it was strange. I love Captain America. Um, and it was really cool to see like that old school, you know, that that World War Two era presented. Yeah. It was, it was good for both of those movies. But I don't know. Like I said, uh, I thought the Cap one just was better. It was more emotionally driven. Like when. Oh, when Cap went, scene. when Cap went and you know sank the ship with the bomb and the ice, I was like, oh man. You know, you knew he was gonna come out of it alive, yeah. but now like in Wonder Woman, up? when the one, when the what's his name, when the dude went flying to to, to drive the the bomb away for that, I was just like, eh. yeah, okay, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> who who's okay? <that> <laughs> All right, I forgot what is. Oh, yeah, I'm being incredibly disrespectful. He's a really good actor. Um, hey, while you're looking it up, the. Yeah, the, the emotional part when he came to the Captain America movie is like he, he grew up this little and also Jesus Chris Pine Chris I Pine got, oh yeah. <laughs> Jesus oh he just you know he grew up as this little scrawny scrawny guy and having that transmission from trans, transition from a scrawny kid to a freaking super soldier you know and now he's got this date with it with Peggy or what's her name Peggy yeah and going down to the ship uh, oh, wake up seventy years later. Shit, I had a date. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. Like you were sad for him. Yeah, when absolutely. he woke up, you were sad for him when he woke up. But uh, they did a pre- they did a very good job bringing that all to life. So very good, very good. Um, that was your number seven. All right, my number seven. I'm gonna go to one that uh, it's not Marvel, it's not DC, but it is comic book related. And I'm gonna go to one that's a uh, very it's an important one for our family. Uh, I'm talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. If you listen to, uh, if you listen to the episode, I'm, I'm going to talk. I'm talking the first one in 1990. Mm. Um, and if you heard my episode with Rob Sweet, where we discussed uh, in the first season, where we discussed movie trilogies, I did mention this one. Uh, did I mention it or was it an honorable mention? I can't remember. But um, my uncle Pat, our uncle Pat, our great uncle Pat, is a uh, fighting choreographer. He was out in Hollywood, and he's done a lot of films like uh, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. He was in. Um, oh, why am I forgetting the name now? Karate Kid. He was, uh, a, he was the referee in the Karate Kid. There's the one Chuck, Chuck Norris movie he was in too. He's in a couple Chuck Norris movie. He was in the Bruce Lee movie. He was one of the uh, one of the gangsters in Enter the Dragon. Yep. Uh, He's done a lot. He's done a lot in films, and his IMDb is absolutely incredible. But TMNT bringing Teenage Mutant Mutant Ninja Turtles to life was like one of like a big, big deal, and still like fondly, fondly remembered to this day. 
Uh, Ninja Turtles came out in like the mid-80s, so it hadn't been that long, but they knew the popularity of it, that the very first issue uh, of the comic came out. I want to say... Um, I can't remember exactly when. Uh, but it came out like mid to late 80s. Yeah. And it just took the world by storm. And, and, and Peter Laird and... Uh, Peter, oh, Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman. They, they did a really good job of starting to market this thing towards like kids and just everybody. Uh, they had a cartoon, which helped them sell toys. Uh, like TMNT was a big big deal at this point in time they're the reason i always wanted a pet turtle i never got uh, i know well you had one for a little bit but, <laughs> yeah um didn't, didn't last too long but this is like this is cool seeing these these turtles and you look at the production standpoint too like it's not cgi crap it's legit martial artists in giant sweatsuits like it's it's crazy the the amount of the production effort that went in it wasn't a very expensive movie to make uh but they crushed it it was just a fun Fun story, and it lives in the hearts of a lot, a lot of people. Um, so, uh, yeah, so TMNT from 1990. That is my number seven. What is your number six? Number six is Logan. Logan, okay. I I love the going the transition from just like straight, normal superhero movie with the other X-Men and then going just a straight all about Wolverine, and it was just... I would say it's a dark movie because it just like it shows you the pain that that he, he goes through and every every day now that he's he's older and you know it really like was it the very first fight that he got into with those the guys that were jacking his limo and he goes in the bathroom afterwards seeing the the pain that he was in I couldn't imagine you know I mean I mean I know it's unrealistic but like you could you could see the way he is the, you know he acts that way because of that, you know? Right. Yeah, that was a perfect ending. It was uh, for Logan, uh, the Wolverine character. Hugh Jackman yep. as, as Wolverine. You know, he, he'd been in the role a long time. He, he was, you know, he had great moments. You know, there's some really cool, um, really cool stuff. But this is the most violent movie, like bloody Absolutely. and stuff. And, and that's Wolverine. Like, I mean, I don't need all the blood and gore and stuff. But for that, like... That's just Wolverine. Yeah, that's, that's his character. That's that's what that's the true. You know how it really is. That's legit how it is. Like if he yeah. cuts a guy up with claws, that's what's there's blood because that's <laughs> how science works. That's just how science works. So, uh, so yeah, this was it. I mean, it's a much older Logan, uh, much older you know Wolverine character. I thought they played him very very well, uh, and had a lot of bright moments. It was just kind of a cool calling card, like curtain call for. Him, not only just him, but Patrick Stewart as well as Charles Xavier. Yes, yeah. Like he was the perfect fit for Charles Xavier, and Hugh Jackman was the perfect fit for for Wolverine. I can't see anybody else really. I like James McAvoy, but it just was not the same watching him play Professor X versus Patrick Stewart. No, yeah. So yeah, and just like and looking at the movie, that's that's probably how things would really really be if you know all the all the superheroes were killed off and they had to go hide off somewhere i'm sure charles xavier would go crazy and logan would just turn into an angry old man you know <laughs> no that is true that is true um very good i like the logan one i liked i love the logan uh pick right there my number six all right hear me out 
This is probably the most recent super. Uh, one of the most recent ones. Re it's the most recent MCU one, to my under to my knowledge. Uh, it is my favorite Spider-Man: Far From Home. Is my number six favorite superhero movie of all time. All right, I like it. It's bold because there were some. I mean, there have been some great Superman, uh, Spider-Man movies. There's been some. Uh, there's been some pretty bad Spider-Man movies, <laughs> most certainly. But for this one, like I, I don't know, like, I'm all in on. I am absolutely all in on Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Like I thought, he, I think he's got the look, the athleticism. He's he's part he's. Perfect. The age that they have him uh, portrayed at in the movies are perfect. Uh, He's got the the younger Spider-Man voice too. Yeah, he, he legit looks like a child, and yeah. it works, and it works very well. And like I'm starting to buy in, and it was a very emotional story because you know you have him trying to deal with not having uh, Iron Man around anymore, which is a big big deal. I just think from a Peter Parker and Spider-Man standpoint, it was it was the best one. Uh, you know the, the other Spider-Man movie. Like I liked Spider-Man two and one, the Sam Raimi ones. But this, and I love Spider-Man: Homecoming. But this one, you really got to see him a lot. He's out on his own, and they gave him a villain that I could not have cared less about, but they made me care about him. When I was growing up watching the Spider-Man cartoon, when I seen a Mysterio episode, I would skip over it. <laughs> this movie had me legitimately terrified of Mysterio. Yeah, like, wow, did. this is really good. The manipulation you didn't know that what he had. To believe. Yeah, you didn't know what to believe. The, the, the straight-up manipulation of, of Peter Parker was was brilliant, um, you know, and how he did it. And then he, when you got to see him at full force, like all the optical illusions and really like yeah. screwing with them, like it was it was it was like a it was one of the things where he had to like really sit down and think about after the movie and that's always a good thing so he had everybody fool he did he had me fool i was yeah. like <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting a whole lot but i was like okay this is pretty crazy this is pretty crazy to see and uh, it was you know you got to, this is the best version i think of, of spider-man and peter parker the most aggressive seeing him and and mysterio go at it uh in that end scene when he realized that that mysterio duped him and he goes after to retrieve the, the glasses and put it into his schemes and stuff like this. It was really, really good. So Spider-Man, uh, Far From Home, I can't. I was really upset when they said that he wasn't coming back to the MCU. And then when they reannounced it, I was like, this is great. So uh, very, very happy that uh, he's a part. And uh, yeah, number six favorite movie. Uh, comic book movie. Number five. What do you got for number five? We're in the top five now. Number five, uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. Oh, great one. I love that movie. I love the just going back in time and just seeing all the all the super Quicksilver doing the, I love Quicksilver, that scene, oh he's awesome. I love I love him. Yeah. I seen that movie two or three times. That's how much I loved it. Uh I thought the follow up was gonna be much better, but it wasn't. It wasn't that what I the follow up apocalypse. I'm referring to is yeah, X Men Apocalypse. But yeah, it was really nice. I love the jumping generations thing. Like, I love seeing movies take place in previous eras. Like, like Captain America did. Like, I'll yeah. give I'll give Captain Marvel props for taking place in the '90s. Like, that was really really cool for me. Because most movies you see nowadays are all like in just in this area era. Yeah, it's all modern. It's like not fun, but yeah. I, I like to see like these uh, these directors, these these people who build and and, and whatnot. They. Um, they, they they create these old school like just retro environments and and they did like they they captured I think the seventies perfectly. Oh yeah, 
You know, and it was it was it was the meet in the middle with you know with what X Men was doing as far as like going back in time to fir- the first class and and bringing back you know bringing forth younger characters and then and then kind of blend together some of the old old ones too. So um, you know the the, the OG X Men characters because you had you had Storm still there, you had Ian McKellen as Magneto, Patrick Stewart as as Professor X. There were some other cameos as well. Bobby Drake made a cameo, and uh, you know, as Iceman. If you got the extended cut, Anna Paquin as Rogue. Uh, there was, you know, a Jean Grey sighting at the very end, a Cyclops sighting at the very end. It was a, it was a good story. Uh, it's great. I mean, like I said, this list was tough to make, but Days of Future Past is probably my favorite of all of the Fox X Men movies. The thing I like about that one too is. This- how far they have to go back just to just to fix the future just you know after all the all the x-men x-men one through three yeah and now they had to go back all the way to the 70s just to fix the future you know <laughs> it's uh no it was pretty crazy it was really cool though really well done um my number five i'm gonna go i'm gonna go guardians of the galaxy i'm gonna go guardians of the galaxy in this one uh i I didn't know what to expect when I seen Guardians. I didn't. Uh, we went to the drive-in. I was working long, long days. I was working two jobs at the time. I was working midnights, and I was working my landscaping job. So I was pretty much working from 9 p.m. till 4 o'clock p.m. I was tired. Yeah. I don't miss that at all. <laughs> I was trying to get in the electrician's union. And it wasn't worth it. Just I mean, it never panned out, but it was good money at the time. But I had my landscaping job where, you know, whatever I go to right after and, and, and whatnot. You know, uh, I almost overslept. I almost missed it. I remember we went to the drive-in and I almost missed it. What yeah, a it perfect place to see that movie too. Just like it was the best. The dark it, environment, the space, and all the stars and everything. So perfect. I love seeing movies at the drive-in. This was fun. Uh, you know, we had a big group that went. And, you know, it was just a fun time. Like, this movie was hilarious. Within the first minute or so, you really got a gauge as to what this movie would be like. I wasn't familiar with Chris Pratt at the time. I didn't know a whole lot of the characters, but they made me love them. i seen Guardians three times in, well, once at the drive-in, two times in the actual theaters. And I, oh, God, I still adore it to this day. It still has a fun, it had... It set the bar very high for the Guardians in, in the second one. I didn't think it quite captured the magic. I like it, um, but Guardians 2, uh, uh, you know, it just what didn't have the magic that the first one had. With the, You're blown away by the soundtrack and, and, and yeah, all the, yeah. the lights and colors and the CGI and everything. It's, just, it's all a lot to take in. So, I think uh, that's great about those Guardians movies is, like you said, nobody really knew about them, so they gave them that the extra edge just to yeah, do was, whatever they wanted with them. It was one of the most... It was one of the most popular superhero movies at the time. And I still think people uh, hold it at regard. Oh, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I got Guardians at uh, I got Guardians at number five. What do you have for number four? Number four, I have Endgame. I do, too. Oh, do you really? I oh, my God. Yep. Oh. <laughs> I swear to God. Yep. Was it my... Was it... I, great part two to, to Infinity War, but... You think the difference is you expected, kind of expected the ending, you know? Right. You already knew what was coming. 
other than that, just yeah, just overall, just good, good storytelling. Uh, I love the how Ant Man came back. I'm like, oh, where did Ant Man go? And oh, there he is. You know, <laughs> thanks for that little little rat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that little rat saved the day. Uh, in all honesty, yeah, I loved Endgame. The the, the ending, the portal scene, is one of my favorite scenes in, yeah. in not only just superhero movie history, comic book movie history, but movie history in general. Like it was the culmination of a lot of different films. You have characters from 22 different movies making their appearance in that in that little, that moment, and one of the biggest like on-screen battles that I never ever ever anticipated uh, being able to to watch. Just, just you know the way that superhero movies were going and the, the way that they work, and to, to see. All of those characters in a connected universe show up on screen at the same time and go and battle. Like it was, it brought a tear to my. Like I don't cry for movies. I, I, I'm I'm kind of a bit of a bitch sometimes, but uh, <laughs> that like brought like I still get the chills watching that scene. And that's like, really, oh yeah, that's that's that that shows how good of a moment it is. Um, overall, I don't have it any higher on the list. Like four, I think is pretty good considering the competition. I don't have it any higher on the list because it was. I mean, it was fan service. Like there wasn't a whole lot of there wasn't a whole lot of substance to it as far as um because it wasn't very action heavy no, oh not yeah not really they except that just... that end except the very end like that was really the only actiony part there was no action it was it was story driven and you got to have a little bit of everything i understood why they went with the direction that they did so like i'm not knocking it in that sense but yeah i'm perfectly fine at having uh end game at number four i tell you though i'll admit it that one of the final scenes of that movie was probably one of the only t- only times I've ever got emotional during a, a superhero movie. Just seeing Captain America dancing with Peggy, I was just like, "Oh, so he finally, you know, he finally got that first date." That yeah. he, he's been thinking about that the whole time. You know what I mean? You know he has. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know that that was a that was a nice little ending, um, as well. So yeah, it's that that was. Like I said, it was it was fan service. Yeah, it was it was certainly yeah. fan service, and uh, and a good way to kind of cap off those uh, that series of movies. So very good. Uh, I guess we can jump to number three now. You want to kick it off? Yeah. Um, my number three is is actually what was it your number Thor Ragnarok? I think it was your nine. I think it was. That was my number nine. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I love. Yeah. Like I said, the the trend changing from Thor to this. You know, this robot to an actual human being with the, the jokes and the whole change. Like, I love how he got a haircut. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, it completely changes this character. And then, you know, how he looked, how people, yeah, he yeah. look raggedy and stuff. Exactly. And his interactions with Hulk, <laughs> them talking. Oh, Thor like water, uh, Hulk <laughs> like fire. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, they had a, yeah, they had a funny, they had a funny back and forth that just, it worked perfectly. Exactly. Because they were just two very different characters. You didn't have the Earth level characters in the Avengers. Your Hawkeye, your your Cap, your Black Widow, your uh, I think I'm missing somebody. Cap. Yeah, most of them. <laughs> Iron Man. Iron Man. Yeah. Iron Man. Duh. How could I forget him? <laughs> you know, those are your Earth level guys. And Thor and Hulk. You know, Hulk is Earth level, but he's never he's he's Hulk. Like he's different. He's overpowered. So to see yeah. those two. Who were left out of Civil War, understandably so, but they were together still, was fun. And some of the banter was just great. Like, I don't know, like it and was also to see somebody like enemies that were actually more powerful than them too. 
the goddess of death, and of course Surtur, who is more powerful than her. Yeah. If Thor couldn't beat her, you know. Yeah. How it, powerful is Surtur? And for me too, like I was like I love Tom Hiddleston's portrayal as Loki, and yes. I thought that was his best. Like that was a, I knew when he turned when he was good, when he started to, to do heroic stuff at the end of Ragnarok that. He was going to get killed off really quick in Infinity War. I just knew it because it was a sympathy factor. But, you know, that was Tom Hiddleston's. I mean, he, I, I'm excited for his show, the Disney Plus show coming out. But that was one of his best, role, you know, portrayals of Loki. Absolutely. It was in that. The, the comedy, the action bit, it just worked. And, like, when he, when he came and he goes, you know, you're... Your savior has arrived, or so, your something along. King is here. Yeah, <laughs> your king's some. Your some a lot. I forgot what it was verbatim, but what, I'm like, oh my god, yes, the turn finally happened. Like he's finally coming. He's finally coming around. Like Thor's been Thor and him have been battling, and and Thor not you know gives him crap about being a, a just a villainous douche all the time, and, and they're finally together. Take it. Those two kind of remind me of me and you growing up sometimes too. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, I'm always the one getting in trouble, then blaming it on you, and then. <laughs> oh, now you admit it. <laughs> Used to leave welts on my ass because you would never admit it. It was always my fault Oops. back then. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks. Very good though. I like you. I like your number three. Uh, my number three. I'm gonna go Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Uh, of all the Marvel movies, to me, this is the best one. The best. Uh, you know, you have the solo character trilogies, your Iron Mans, your Caps, your Thors. This is the best one, hands down. It came right off the cusp of the Avengers. Um, I don't think it was right after, but the timeline is right after the first Avengers. So we're getting to see Cap really assimilate to the real world. You get Black Widow cameo. Uh, you get the Falcon. You find out that Hydra is still existing. So it still has a connection to the original movie, which is really, really cool. There's a lot of espionage. There's a lot of action to it. A lot of very iconic moments that uh, come from come from this film, and it's a you know Winter Soldier. Obviously, like I had the the weirdest feeling. Like I know how movies like were before, like your MCU or not MCU, your Fox movies, your Sony movies, and I was really worried that Winter Soldier wasn't going to be Bucky. I was really worried that they were going to do some kind of stupid stupid. Ooh, gotcha kind of moment. I thought I thought it wasn't at first with all the long hair. I like how they, you know, kind of yeah, hit that. They did it great, and they brought him back, and he made they made him a beloved character. You know, obviously Winter Soldier eventually became a beloved character, but the it's the emotional. Like, people don't understand good I feel like people don't understand good storytelling nowadays. This is why I hate the Star Wars sequel films, uh, sequel trilogy. Cause they don't exist. They, they don't exist. As far as I, world. yeah. Because <laughs> they're not good story. They jump around too much, and they don't pull at your really, they really pull at your emotional heartstrings. The same way as, like, this Captain America did. Who, the first movie, you you know, him and Bucky's relationship was an important aspect of who Cap was. And they, you thought he was dead, and then he comes back, and, 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 Ca and Cap's back out of the ice, and he sees his, his former friend who doesn't even recognize him. Yeah. Like that's if you think of emotional, like, shows how loyal he was to him too. He's really, you know, yeah, they were best of friends, and then here they are, seventy years later, and they're they're together, and uh, and then when Bucky ends up, you know, saving him from drowning after the, the crash, like it's really really good storytelling, uh, and becomes the basis of uh, Civil War. So um, I, I love that too. How how at the beginning of the movie. Uh, was that, that was when they brought Falcon in, right? The, the, Falcon, he was uh, on your left. Yep, on yep. your left. And it was, he was, like, trying to get Cap used to the 21st century. <laughs> Showing him, oh, yeah, he's 
Here's a book of all you can. You should probably book. Look you into. gotta listen to CD, his album and stuff, and listen to Nirvana. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Nirvana's on the list, but there was a lot it of was. really good. There was a lot of good. Uh, there's a lot of good list uh, items in there, but it was cool to kind of see. Like, hey, you gotta check all this stuff out and learn. So, so that's my number three. We're at a number two now. Number two, both the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. You're putting both of them together? Okay. Yes, yep. I just, Chris Pratt, the soundtrack, I love music, so the soundtrack's got to get me. <laughs> yeah. And just, yeah, I know you listen to his album. Oh, yeah. Right. There's not a single song on, on, <laughs> on those soundtracks that you just you can't you know, skip, you know? I, I, I hate cool. to say it, but that's probably the main reason why I love those movies. That's a good and, point. And obviously they're entertaining, Chris Pratt and... <laughs> a little baby Groot and all of them. Yeah. Uh, now you're, uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're. <laughs> sorry, I'm just reading something. Oh, you're a hundred percent right about that. Like, I remember when that movie came out, and I was I was doing the landscaping that summer, and me and my coworker at the time, Zach, we play we play the soundtrack, and we just sing to it. Yeah. Like, we just sing, and we're windows down, middle of summer in Buffalo, cutting lawns, and we just sing our hearts out. It was the, it was the. Highlight of our summer. I remember you woke me up the one day. You're mowing the lawn, singing, get, uh, "Come get your love now outside." Yeah, it <laughs> definitely did that. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely true. Uh, but yeah, that's how cool it was. And yeah, the movies do. You know, the the movies do help it. Like, and these are songs too that some of them were just kind of lost the time, right? People just. I never heard of most of them. I you never heard, heard most yeah. of them, and now they're some of your favorite songs ever. They brought exactly. it back in popular uh, from obscurity. So, uh, very good in that regard. And every every song in that movie really went with the the moment in the in the in the movie like the um the moon age daydream by david bowie that though it's like point your laser gun at me you know going you know oh, that's yeah. awesome <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool and, like the music was yeah the music was like a bigger part of the movie like it it was start it was a part of start who star lord was and i think that was uh that was an incredibly fun aspect so um so yeah, so I love that at number two. I love both those movies at number two. I do. My number two is my last of the Marvel films. I'm gonna go Avengers: Infinity War. Ooh. Avengers: Infinity War. I almost made this my number one. It's really close. Uh, Infinity War for me was the best. Is the best Marvel movie. All right. Hear me out. Yeah, Endgame was cool. It had the portal scene. There was a lot more. Infinity War was a lot more urgent. Maybe it was too fast for some people to really take in. Like, there's another movie I went and seen three times in the movie theaters because that's how much I loved it and was excited for it. Uh, the action was fantastic. And now we're really starting to see a bunch of heroes and characters that we've never seen mix and mingle before. Mix and mingle. Starts off hot with, with you know, Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy and then Iron Man, Hulk, and Doctor Strange. Yeah, uh, I never thought that. You know, and then you get Spider-Man pulled into that whole relationship. And it's like, this is really, really good stuff. Uh, and Thanos, who I think is much better portrayed in Infinity War than he was Endgame, because they were technically technically two different characters. Uh, Infinity War, he's hunting, right? The, there's an urgency. He's getting the stones, and everybody's got to try and stop him. Endgame, he wasn't quite there yet. But Infinity War is a much... Just like I mentioned with the Joker, just like I mentioned with, you know, s several other, uh, well, there are several other superhero comic book film villains that are like this, but they portrayed him as sympathetic. Yeah. They portrayed him as sympathetic. You you know, he didn't come off as, he was a madman, but his reasoning was actually 
Respectable. Res- yeah. Almost respectable, yeah. kind of wholesome in a weird, in a weird sense of that phrase. But like that, that fifty-fifty thing really made me think, like, huh? Not, not, right. Not, not like you know, trying to sell like a ass here, but <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it, it touched me. It made a lot of people think that way, and it was just really cool to see the Infinity Stones all together, the Gauntlet, which is such an important part of Marvel comic book lore. Uh, and yeah, like I said, the, some of the, the fighting sequences were just incredible. Doctor Strange versus Thanos, that was my favorite. That whole fight with, yeah, the Guardians, Iron Man, Spider-Man, and Doctor Strange versus him was really, really cool. And it made you so mad because you loved Chris Pratt, you loved Star-Lord, and he messed it all up. If he, did, <laughs> if he, if he didn't do what he did, the you know, it, there would have been no point for Endgame. Obviously, you know, they're, they're trying to make two movies out of it from a background standpoint, but it's like, you're so emotionally invested in this movie, and you were pissed off when he did that. You were pissed off, and you're like, "All right, goodbye. Go turn into flakes and stuff, <laughs> jerk." That's what you get. But no, I, 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 I yeah, I, the, I, w- I will rewatch Infinity War top to bottom all day, every day. All day. Endgame, I will. Fa- I can, I can rewatch it from start to finish, but I would rather just watch the portal scene onwards. Yeah. That's just how it is. So. <laughs> just that last fight. Scene. Just that last fight. That's all. It's. I mean, that's the most redeemable moment of all that. So, um, all right, very good. What's your number one? Well, you probably already guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> My number one is definitely Infinity War. All right, very cool. Um, reason being, it's not your average superhero movie. It's really not. It's all about the villain. And all superhero movies, superhero always wins. Well, this time. They didn't. I just, I love that. I remember, I remember you put, made a post on Facebook. You're just like speechless. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So was the entire, like I've never walked out of a superhero film, like a, a movie like that, as good as that was, and had everybody in the crowd, in the, in the audience being quiet. It was like, so silent saying, when we saw I, that. Not saying a word. Because you're like, holy crap, like what just happened? And then it leads a whole bunch of questions like, what does Endgame, what's this rebound film going to be like? And, you know, that was like, I knew I had to go to that opening night. Like, I absolutely knew that I had to, do, to go see that one opening night. And because it was best because like, yeah, you, this movie's all exciting. And, and every time a superhero comes up, you know, everybody's clapping. They're getting excited. You know, oh, shoot. Captain there's, America. There's Captain America just standing there all dramatically behind the subway this 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 train he's just standing there and like everyone's like woo cap and woo black panther (laughs) and woo the guardians and this and that and people were freaking excited it's weird watching it now and not hear the claps it's (laughs) i i can honestly go on youtube they have videos of people like reaction like in theater reaction videos i will go and rewatch those absolutely and i do get get acknowledged too i the thor and thor rocket and group coming down from uh so best part of the good. movie, so good. When he gets that Stormbreaker axe and comes out, it's like, oh shoot, there's a little bit of hope, and the music picks up. Like, I'm gonna leave here today, and I'm gonna go listen to that song, like yeah, I, yeah. on the way home, because that's how good it was, <laughs> uh, you know. And and Hulk, you know, Hulk, and it's like, oh, you guys are in trouble now, and and then he charges, and this big like electric sound, the lightning sound, bring me Thanos, <laughs> and he just. Like it was really, really intense. Just, it, that showed the full power of Thor, <laughs> pretty much. It did. I love it. It did, and we hadn't seen that before. And it showed the motivation of him too, because another another thing, another little storyline of Infinity War was it also really showed Thor his emotional state, because he lost everything. He lost his mother, his brother, and and Asgard, know, I, 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 all his I, friends, Asgard, yeah. everything. And then it showed. It, 
I have to kill. I have to kill Thor. Thanos. Yeah. I have to. I honestly, I don't think if if Thor Ragnarok didn't do good, I don't think we would have would have had much Thor. No. In that movie, like he, I looked at it. He had the most screen time, and I, I think he had the biggest storyline. Like he had the biggest conflict of it. He would. Thor was the main. Like there was tons of main characters in that movie, but Thor was the 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 main hero yes. of that movie. Started off with him. Ended with him and his so like just every the whole arc just worked. He, he was so the only well. one that had matching motivation with Thanos. Yeah, to get that you know he did, he most certainly did. Yeah, that was I love that. that. That's you know those two per, you know I said mentioned Ragnarok, I mentioned uh, and now Infinity War, but those were like my favorite portrayals. Like when he was Fat Thor, I was like, oh, this is pretty funny. Yeah. But I was just like, oh, I love short hair, Jack <laughs> Thor. I like that was cool too, but. All right, so that is your number one, my number one, DC film. Oh, I remember going to see it with Dad. Two thousand eight, he took me. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Dark Knight. Christian uh, Christian Bale, Batman. Heath Ledger, Joker. Uh, great Joker. Great Joker. I, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, do the people just like Heath, Led- uh, Heath Ledger Joker because he died? I'm like, oh, I don't think so. I think he had the best role, and it hasn't been, it honestly hasn't been touched since. Like, Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix did a pretty good Joker, but to me, Heath Ledger Joker is always going to be the Joker, right? Yeah, Jack Nicholson's portrayal, uh, which was all right. You know, Cesar Romero's, which is, they were always of the times. You know, uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker was the perfect bridge, I think, between Cesar Romero's and Heath Ledger's. Cesar Romero's was perfect for that era. Batman 66, very campy over the top. That's how entertainment was. Uh, but Heath Ledger is not, I mean, you had Mark Hamill, too, who was the voice, uh, forever voice of the Joker. The, the, in the cartoon. In the cartoon. And people associate him as, you know, the be- one of the better portrayals, even though it's a, just his voice. I still, I still go and watch rewatch Dark Knight, and I, I, I find things I didn't notice before, which I think is the coolest thing. Oh, oh that's that's a good movie, because it that's another it's a thinking movie. You have to think as everything's kind of transpiring. You can't go into the, this movie and just kind of like just lazily watch. Like it's it's an actual experience, and like you're involved. You know, it's a whole investigative thing, and. Uh, you know them bringing in Two Face and, and and whatnot. It was it was really really good done. The action was right, um, and yeah, Joker like that was one of the best Joker. He had the whole city on edge, and it was dark. It was gritty. It was gruesome. I that is to me the pinnacle of superhero movies. You know there was no humor involved in it. It was very serious. Um, and usually I don't like that kind of what you know kind of movie, but they did a good job doing it that way. Yes, you know, uh, making you think and, and, and going forward the action like it was just a perfect balance of action story and, and emotion. It was a in the way that they did it was just on a big big stage. So you could really tell how how Joker would be if it was like serious. Like that's that's literally the perfect. Yeah, in the real world, not. Goofy, like, <laughs> yes, like yeah. laughing over the Very top. Stuff. But if, it, if the Joker was a real person, Heath Ledger's Joker would be the right. one. Yeah, absolutely. He would be the one. He wasn't zany. He, did, I mean, he did, he was out of his mind. He did some dark, sinister stuff, but it wasn't goofy. You could tell he belonged into an insane asylum. Like, yeah, not Heath Ledger, he, but that Joker himself. He fit the role. Heath Ledger, I, I, 
I yeah, it, it'll never be topped for no. me. Um, and of course, that bat, the Christian Bale Batman is, um, you know, really highly regarded. People like to laugh at the voice and stuff, but it, it is it's one of the better, you know, Batman portrayals across the trilogy. So, but there it is, everybody. Another list down. We have fourteen more episodes to go this season. Fourteen more episodes to go. We're only doing uh, as we did last season, only sixteen episodes in a season. Uh, I want to thank my brother, Mark Angelo, for joining, coming by and hanging out. Of course. Have a good time. It was good. It was good. I mean, we got to do this more often together. Absolutely. Uh, whether it be this show or doing other shows. But this was a blast. I loved making lists of just things. And, you know, I, I want to hear your list, too, uh, to the listeners. All right. If you're on Facebook or whatever, we have a Facebook page. Um, I don't do Instagram anymore. There is an Instagram page, though. But we do Facebook. We have daily top five lists, so you can participate and when I share this episode, when it's released, uh, you can actually let us know. We give you the option to let us know your top five favorite superhero films. So, um, super excuse me, comic book films. I get can I get that out of my head? But that is a wrap, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we're looking forward to continuing on with season two with you next week. Do you even list? Hey, Anthony. Yeah, Chris. Should we tell the people about our new show? Our new show. Yes, not back issues. Not Harley Awesome. No, this is Chris and Anthony Just Can't Stop. Hey man, we just can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Never gonna stop. That's right, we're back. BICBP-radio.com They should go listen to it right now. They really should. Where can they listen to it? BICBP-radio.com BICBP-radio.com Chris and Anthony Just Can't Stop. Stop, stop till they drop. That's right. That's the kind of freestyles you're going to get from Anthony on Chris and Anthony Just Can't Stop. At BICBP-radio.com. Chris and Anthony Just Can't Stop. At BICBP-radio.com. Chris and Anthony Just Can't Stop. Chris, I think we should stop with the commercial. All right. <laughs>